Welcome and thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify. The podcast is distributed on these platforms every Friday and is included in NAHU's weekly member-exclusive health policy newsletter, The Washington Update, giving you a head start on your weekly healthcare happy hour. Last month, NAHU began publishing the State Update a new member-exclusive newsletter highlighting all the pertinent and political regulatory health insurance news at the state level. On this week's episode of the Healthcare Happy Hour, Marcy and I are joined by Husni Abdelaziz, NAHU's Director of Government Affairs. He monitors legislative and regulatory issues in 30 states, where he works closely with NAHU's Northeast, Midwest, and Southwest chapters and their lobbyists. Thanks for joining us this week, Husni. Can you tell us a bit more about the new state update? Yeah, of course. And thank you for having me. Before I begin with my plug of the state update, just wanted to give you some kudos, Dan, for being an integral part of really pushing out these newsletters that have been well received by our membership. So thank you for that. And essentially, just to keep it simple, we really modeled our state update off of the federal Washington update that's released every Friday. Obviously, the biggest difference here, we are highlighting all of the pressing state healthcare policy and regulatory news happening across the nation. So why did we decide to create this newsletter? Yeah, so the main goal we had as a government affairs department was to really bolster up the state policy resources we offer our membership. And in brainstorming some of the new things we could offer, we thought the most immediate and helpful resource would be a state newsletter that is in similar format to the Washington update that I mentioned previously. But unlike on the federal side, it is much harder to find healthcare and health insurance news from the individual states, whether that be through online or written publications. So with the state update, what we wanted to do is provide everyone with a centralized location to find all of the relevant state news that they would find interesting. And as we all know, bills and regulatory ideas don't usually stay confined within state borders. It is usually a domino effect among states, especially regionally. So it is very important that our membership, and in particular, the state legislative chairs are informed in what is going on around them. But on top of keeping our membership in the know about what's going on around the nation, we're also using the state update platform to really highlight specific works from our state chapters, such as comment letters, commission studies, grassroots campaigns, and so on. We also found that in the Washington update that goes out every Friday, where we had the state spotlight, we were getting more and more information that we could share on states. And we wanted to make sure that we weren't being too short-sighted by only including one state spotlight for Washington Update. Now with the state newsletter, we're able to really shine some light on much of what's happening on the state level. And like Husni said, not just the legislative and regulatory practices of the policymakers, but what you all are doing as associations in your states to advocate on behalf of health insurance agents and brokers. In the past, years ago, we used to do a very, very shortened state update that only went out to state legislative chairs. And it would provide about a sentence each for each state, just high level on what was happening there. That just had become very antiquated. It wasn't working anymore. It hadn't gone out in quite some time. And so it was time to revamp the way that we educate 
not just our legislative chairs, but also our members about what's happening in the states. And that's really what generated this new version of the state update that doesn't just go out to state legislative chairs, it goes out to all members. And another great reason for this to happen now is because President Biden is a very moderate president. I know some people might disagree with that when we look at the scale, but we're looking at exactly how far he's going to go in certain instances, especially on health insurance. It's not likely that we're going to see huge upsets in the industry. What is likely to happen is that a lot of those decisions are going to trickle down to the state level. And so we're going to see some of these larger market innovations being introduced, possibly not passed, but being introduced and discussed on the state level. So it's more important now than ever for us to really do a focus on the states and what they're working on so that we can share that with all of you. And like Houston said, these ideas don't stay dormant. They don't stay siloed. What one state does, often another state looks at and copies. So that's really why we want to make sure we're sharing with everyone what's happening across the country in the state capitals. And the state update is published the second and fourth Wednesday of every month. So generally speaking, what are some of the biggest issues that you are seeing on the state level throughout the country right now? So I would say the biggest is the conversation around state single payer or public options. If you look at the first four editions of the state update, you'll notice the vast majority of the articles are about some type of public option in a number of different states. So to date, about 21 states have introduced some type of single payer or public option bill, and that's just having something introduced, having a sponsor. Less than half of that, about a fourth of those numbers, have something that's actually viable in that state. So you'll see a lot of focus on Colorado, Connecticut, Nevada, California, Illinois. And these are states where this legislation is really moving. It's not necessarily going to pass, but it's having a lot of action, a lot of hearings, times when NEHU members in the state have been there testifying or providing operation shouts to be able to message to their state legislators all of these things. And so what we're also seeing and why the state update is so important is that in each of these states, the public option is a little bit different. They've each tweaked it a little bit more to really be able to fall into line with what they need either for their market specifically, knowing that every market is different in in the states and oftentimes even regionally within a state but also to be able to align with their voters. Um, I know we're going to talk about Colorado in a few minutes, so I don't want to spoil that, but that their voters in general are one of the reasons why it ended up shifting a bit or why it was introduced the way that it was and then ended up changing. So I really want to highlight that. Also, there are some states that have more than one, like California has more than one type of public option or single payer bill or unified financing as they're calling it now, but they also have a global financing bill that's been introduced. So even within states, we're seeing different versions of their attempt to try to 
provide some type of public option for health insurance. So that's the biggest thing is that we're seeing this and states trying to innovate and, and take advantage of, for the most part, the 1332 innovation waivers that were part of the ACA. But then we're also seeing some other trends. Um, it's, it's interesting all these years later, um, over 11 years since the pass of the ACA, we're still seeing states that are battling over Medicaid expansion. I mean, I thought I would say, oh my gosh, that's so 2012, but here we are still talking about it and still having states that are passing it and going into a new phase of how they're having access to care. We're also having a handful of states, about one or two, probably averaging one a year, that are switching over from federal exchanges to state-based exchanges. So that's another trend that we're seeing. And especially with a Democrat in the White House, we're going to have an HHS that's going to be very favorable in approving some of these things for the state waivers. And then kind of coming away from some of the ACA pieces that we're seeing on the state level that are still ongoing, um, we're also seeing some bills regarding PBMs, pharmacy benefit managers, and the way that they're treated specifically with ERISA plans. And this is a result of a court case from Arkansas that changed the way that they are interpreted for certain group plans. So we're seeing other states also looking to that. And in, in this way, it also shows you not just how states look to each other and interact with each other on what they're introducing, but also how the different branches of government do that as well, since many of these bills are a result of a court case decision that came out from Arkansas. And one other thing I would add on top of all that Marcy went over is the hit tax that we've seen in some states introduced over the last maybe two or three years, you'd say, Marcy, ever since we federally repealed it from the ACA, you've seen it particularly, I think in this session, Connecticut is something that they're grappling with right now that we've seen in other states as well in past years. That's correct. The federal hit tax was repealed in a December 2019 budget bill, and it went into effect this year. So 2021 is the first year in which the hit tax was repealed on the federal level. And since then, since that December 2019 bill, so that's kind of the timeline there. We have seen a, a number of states that have stepped in to attempt to pass a health insurance tax on the state level to help them with facilitating some of their marketplaces. Have you registered for NHU's annual convention yet? We are excited to announce that one of the keynote speakers at our annual convention next month will be Karen Buxman. Karen is an international speaker, successful author, and neurohumorist living at the intersection of the brain and humor. Karen helps everyone achieve peak performance and optimum health through the art and science of applied humor. Does that sound interesting to you? Go to NAHU.org now and register for next month's virtual annual convention. In this week's edition of the State Update, we talked quite a bit about the public option developments in Colorado, Connecticut, and Nevada, like you had mentioned previously. Can you summarize what the situation is in those states and how the state chapters are responding? Yeah, so Marcy mentioned it. What we've seen in all of the public option bills that we've monitored this last legislative session, there's a large variety. So, so no one bill is the same. But if we are focusing on Connecticut and Colorado and Nevada, which we've highlighted in the past couple of editions of the state update, 
and we begin with Connecticut, uh, their proposal would have created a public option plan for just small businesses and nonprofits. So more of a narrow bill. And premiums for these plans would not increase or decrease by more than 3% annually. So the only companies that would be eligible for this plan are those with 50 or fewer employees. But what we saw this last week, it was announced that the proposal would be shelved for a third consecutive year. Last year, it was shelved due to the obviously pandemic. The year before, didn't make it past uh, the Senate side. But the governor did threaten not to sign the bill in Connecticut if it was passed by the General Assembly. So that's kind of fell to the wayside, but still something that we're going to monitor if years pass for any indication, probably will be introduced next legislative session. But if we move on to Colorado, more of a preface, the original bill introduced in Colorado would have established a true government-run public option, the first in the nation. But thanks to opposition from our Colorado chapter and other stakeholders, the bill was eventually watered down to just introduce a standardized plan. So in its current iteration, House Bill 1232 would direct the Insurance Commissioner of Colorado to work with stakeholders to develop a standardized plan by January of next year. And then starting in 2023, carriers would have to offer this plan uh, in counties where they operate. On top of that, carriers would be mandated to reduce premiums by a total of 15% over the next three years. There was an amendment passed just this last Tuesday that lowered that threshold from 18% to 15%. So with this bill, they do loosely kind of go over what should be included in this standardized plan, but it must, one, offer healthcare coverage at all three of the bronze, silver, and gold levels, include pediatric care, as well as other EHBs, essential health benefits, comply with state and federal law, as well as have a provider network that is a reflection of the diversity of their enrollees for these carriers. So most recently, House Bill 1232 did pass the Senate along party lines, 19 to 16 vote, and that was on its third reading. So what's going to happen now, the bill will head back to the House in Colorado, where it was previously passed on, I believe, a 40 to 23 party line vote. And at this point, it's up to the state representatives to agree upon the amendments from the Senate before it heads to the governor's desk. So it is a watered down bill from what it was originally introduced as. We're still working on monitoring that as well. And finally, in Nevada, they have Senate Bill 420. And this proposal would require insurers that do bid to provide Medicaid coverage to also bid to offer a public option plan on their exchange. Uh, ultimately, it's responsibility of the state to decide how many plans it does approve to be able to offer that public option. So it could be one or it could be more than one. The public option plan would resemble all the plans that are currently on their exchange. But the difference here they would require the public option plans to be offered at a 5% markdown. The ultimate goal of the bill is to have these premiums reduced by about 15% over the next four years. If this was to be signed into law, the first year of the public option plans would be offered in 2026. Just like Colorado, this Nevada bill is moving on. So it did pass their state Senate just this week. It now moves on to the Nevada Assembly. And then in regards to how these state chapters are responding, I have worked closely with all three states on grassroots campaigns through our Operation Shot system. And in these campaigns, we've highlighted just the basic points that we've had against public options. One, that it would likely result in increased healthcare costs for the majority in those states, uh, as well as reducing access to care due to diminishing provider participation. And Nevada also composed an excellent opposition letter, uh, which can be found in one of our past state updates and Colorado did develop an infographic that clearly highlights the issue in their states. But our legislative teams have done an excellent job in coordinating opposition to these public option efforts. 
And so in addition to the operation shots that we've been doing, like Christine mentioned, and I'm, I'm repeating this on purpose so we can really highlight this, the, we have worked very closely and the legislative teams or committees in each state have done so much work to put together pieces on infographics, testimony, assisting us in putting together very specific language for their state on the operation shouts. New York, which we, we haven't mentioned yet, is another one where they have worked with Avik Roy, who spoke at our capital conference to put together a study just showing how detrimental the single payer bill would be to them from a financial point of view for their state budget. So a lot of extra resources that are out there that we are happy to share with you in your state if you're coming across similar pieces. And of course, if you want more details on any of these, you can look to your state update newsletter that will provide a, a further background on all of these states. And remember, these are states that have had very recent action on these items. Other states, like we mentioned, have specific issues that are ongoing right now and ongoing with public option. But these just are states that had something happen within the past week or two that's very significant to point out. So we aren't overlooking things that are happening in New York, Illinois, California, and other states that have had a lot of movement around this issue. But we're just highlighting Colorado, Connecticut, and Nevada because of what has happened most recently. And on top of the state update, obviously pay attention to them. As Marcy said, things move lightning quick. So between each issue, you'll see large grounds made with the state legislatures on passing it from one chamber to the other. So that's always interesting to see, but also stay tuned. We do hope to have a dedicated part of our website for public option and single payer efforts on the state level. So we can really house all of these resources from state to state. And part of what will help us with putting together those resources will be some of you. We are adding to our long list of working groups that are a part of the Legislative Council, and we're adding a working group that will specifically look at state public options. So once that group is together this summer, they're going to assist us in bulking up some of those resources and making sure that we're providing resources that are applicable to your needs. So like Disney said, stay tuned, and we're excited to launch that new group. And if folks listening have a pertinent legislation or regulation brewing in their states that we should cover in the state update, or if NAHU members, for whatever reason, are not receiving the newsletter, who can they contact? You can contact states at NAHU.org. That's S-T-A-T-E-S at NAHU.org. And we're always looking for new material. So if there's anything brewing in your states, either legislatively the regulatory means that you think is, is worth highlighting in our state update, feel free to email us at that email address because obviously you guys are the experts in what's going on in your states legislatively. Um, so we do welcome that. And any other questions you may have in regards to those state updates, you can email that email address as well. It is now time for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour Toast of the Week. What are we toasting to this week? Dan, Monday is Memorial Day. So this week, in honor of those who sacrificed their lives for our country, we're toasting to them. And we also want to hear from you and how you have been able to assist those who served alongside those fallen soldiers by providing access to affordable health insurance coverage to veterans and their families. We would specifically like examples of veterans and their families that have been able to access new coverage due to the current special enrollment period for healthcare.gov or have received an increase in their insurance subsidy due to the American Rescue Plan. 
We encourage you to share your stories with us at legislative at nehu.org. Cheers. Thank you for joining us for the NAHU Healthcare Happy Hour, the official podcast of the National Association of Health Underwriters. For more information on NAHU's government affairs efforts or to become a member, visit nahu.org.